So Matthew chapter 6, beginning at verse 6. Listen carefully to this scripture. I was reading it at the first of the week, and the closer I read it, the more it uh, showed me where I was at and where I need to be, how much God had put up with from me and still loves me. Verse 6, But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions, as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. After this manner therefore pray ye, Our Father, which is in art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And that's where we'll stop right there, and it's way more than I can ever preach out. And, uh, I begin to read, and it says, Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And notice that. It didn't say he'd just carte blanche forgive everything we do. We take it, and I think sometimes we think we can just do anything and God will forgive us. That's not what this says. It says, He'll forgive me as I forgive others. Now that's a great big statement. And isn't it wonderful that God will forgive us at all? When you look at where we were, what we were and how blackened in sin we were what we were made of Bible says we're just a handful of dust unworthy and maybe I've made the statement lots of times you ladies would take your vacuum cleaner or your broom and get rid of something like that no redeeming qualities whatsoever and God saw something worth saving. God saw something worth redeeming. God saw something worth forgiving. Where would we be without the mercy and grace of a forgiving God? We'd be hurting, wouldn't we? We'd be in trouble. We'd be burning if not for a merciful, forgiving God. And uh, the more I thought about that, the more that I thought how, how much I had failed. I had to get down and ask the Lord to forgive me. 
because I hadn't been as forgiven as he's been forgiven of me. I let him down. And, you know, it's easy to, to sit back and think, well, I'm all right, I'm saved. But, folks, we still live in the flesh. And we still have to seek his face every day. We still need his guidance. We still need his strength. We still need him in every aspect of our lives. And to think that I would hold on to something rather than let go and let God deal with it. Have you ever done that? I've done it. I've held on to things. I've thought I can do this. I can fix this. I can work this out. And the more I tried, the bigger mess I made until I let go and let God take care of things. And how wonderful it is that we've got a mighty God. And this is a word I think it's used over in Revelations. An omnipotent God. He not only knows what our thoughts are, the very higher of our head are numbered, but He knows what tomorrow holds. There's not a human in the, in the, under the sound of my voice right now that can tell me what's waiting on you when your eyelids open in the morning. There is no telling. There are people with great big plans and cancer will raise its ugly head. There are people with great big plans and heart disease will strike them down. There are people with great big plans whose eyelids will never open tomorrow. Oh, that we would praise the Lord because He's forgiven sinners like you and I. We're nothing without Him. The Bible says in Him we live and move and have our very being. John, I can't accomplish a thing on my own, but I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I'm here to tell you today, praise be to God, this old boy, this sinner that you see standing before you, this old flag that was filthy with sin, had nothing to offer. I had nothing to give him the night that I knelt down. And yet he forgave me of my sins. How he deserves my worship and my praise. I owe him all that I have. He's my Savior, and I'm just so glad to be redeemed. When thou prayest, enter, thy, enter into thy closet and pray in secret. I talked to a friend this week, and we talked about it, and so often we just have a laundry list of stuff we go to the Lord with. I want this, I want that. Help out! What He's already given you. How about the blessing of life? How about the blessing of health? How about the blessing of a roof over your head? How about the blessing of the food that you ate? I'm here to tell you today, we got all that because He chose to forgive men and women like you and I. Amen. Enter into thy closet. And pray in secret. <laughs> yeah, I turned another year older this week. But I can't get beyond the little songs that Pat Cody used to have us sing around the piano. When we, she'd gather all the kids up, Debbie. And we'd stand around the piano. We'd sing, thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Oh, Folks, I'm telling you today, we owe him way more. We owe him more today than what we've given him. We owe him every day of our life. 
Oh, that we would praise him. <laughs> Pray in secret. And our Father which seeth in secret shall... You want to know why we're not blessed? We're not praying. You want to know why <clears throat> that we don't see more? We're not praying. I believe the King James Version Bible, don't you? I believe that is a promise that God made us. That if we pray in secret, He shall reward us openly. I hope after Sunday morning service, you have prayed in secret. I hope after we saw sinners stand and tears roll down their face and they never made a move, you have prayed in secret. I hope after we saw little girls sit and, and, uh, and the preaching relay and whether or not you wanted to go to hell and them shake their little head no, I hope that you have prayed in secret. Oh, when we make the altar call and little sinners get up and go out of the auditorium because they can't stand the conviction that's on their heart, I hope that you've prayed in secret because I'm looking woo, for the Lord to reward us openly. Don't be like the publicans. You can look this scripture up in another one of the Gospels. You know what the other gospel says? They use vain repetitions. You know what the next slide is? They want to be heard. Says they have their reward. It's not in how eloquent that we sound. It's not in the 50 cent words that we use. But if you pray in secret, that prayer comes from the heart. Prayer is a sincere desire of the heart. Don't you want to see our sinners saved? I'm looking for the Lord to reward if we'll pray. When thou prayest, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed, honored, praised be thy name. Thy kingdom come. I know we've got big ministers that take in big bucks and they'll take you for every dime you got. They're people that leave everything they have to these evangelists. They don't care. They'll take everything you've got and leave you hungry, destitute, penniless. Oh, folks, it's his. It's his kingdom. It's not mine. I'm just blessed to be a little bitty part of it. I just barely, you won't know the truth of the matter. I just barely made it in. And the only reason I got in, because I was forgiven. Thy kingdom come. Thy will. Not what Mike wants. Because what I want don't matter. What I want is irrelevant. What I want should be His will. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Even if it's something that don't please me, if it pleases Him, He knows what's best for my life. Thy will become on earth as it is in heaven. Give us. Oh, I've got a five-year plan. I'm going to buy this vehicle. I haven't paid in five years. I can retire in five years. I can do this. I can do that. I can, 
I can make big plans. Give us this day because we're not promised another. Our daily bread. Israel complained, didn't they? When they were walking down through the wilderness, they grumbled and they grabbed our soul loathed this manna. Thanks be to God. If I got a crumb to eat today, I'll praise Him because I've been forgiven. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day. This was all that matters. Have you made mistakes? You're looking at an old boy that has. Said things I wished I could reel back in. In the past, yesterday, but I can't hit rewind. I can't go back. Hurt people. I wish I hadn't, and I can't undo that. Oh, and I'm not promised another day. I'm not promised tomorrow. So this day is all that matters. Give us this day our daily bread. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us. How about that, little David? The battle is the Lord's. And he will... There's another message, ain't it? He will deliver you into my hands. Oh, deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Our Father which art in heaven. Let's go to Philippians chapter 2. But he humbled himself and became obedient unto the cross, even to death, the death of the cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow in heaven, in earth, and beneath the earth, and every tongue shall confess that he's King of kings and Lord of lords, Oh, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory that is King of kings and Lord of lords to the glory of God the Father. Amen. The kingdom, the power, and the glory tomorrow. While his son was on the cross. For thine is the kingdom. While I'm sitting in church this morning. The kingdom. The power. And the glory. Forever. Amen. Can we agree on that? Yes, amen. 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 Then it goes on. For if you forgive not. Your trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you, which is in heaven. Remember, let's just take a look at who the Lord decided to forgive. Remember the woman that was caught 
in the very act of adultery. Stones were raised, arms were raised, ready to cast and blacken and beaten and destroy this woman for her sin because she was guilty and everybody knew it. Oh, and Jesus, as they prodded and they poked him to get a word out of him, just took his finger and, and, and worked in the dust. Oh, how many times has he taken his finger and worked in the dust? Oh, and finally, when they would not relent, he said, ye without sin, cast the first stone. You know who was left without sin? Only one man was left without sin. Who was he, preacher? His name was Jesus. Amen. And he asked the woman, caught in the very act of adultery, let me let you in on a little secret. You're caught. He already knows. It may not have been adultery. It may not have been alcohol. Whatever it was, lust, greed, envy, whatever, there's more than one sin, did you know that? Whatever your sin is, you didn't hide it. You might have hid it from me, probably did, because I'm a very naive person. But you didn't hide it from him. He saw you. He already knows. Woman, where are thine accusers? Can't you? She knew what was coming and she knew she deserved it. She knew what she had done. She knew what the law said. She knew by the law she should have been stoned. And she stood up. Can't you just see her? I'm sure she, her nerves were shocked. I'm sure she was all to pieces because she was looking at death. She looked around and none of those accusers were standing there. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn thee. Go, you're forgiven, you're pardoned, you're cleansed. Oh, and sin, the more you remember when you were down, you remember when you had the weight of sin on your shoulders, you remember when guilt and the blackness of sin was just about to drive you into hell. And he spoke the words and said, Forgive forgive We forget where we were headed before Jesus intervened. We need to forgive as he has forgiven us. <coughs> there is Jesus hanging between the heavens and the earth a thief on this side a thief on that side and they even derided him and they said if you want to know one of the grievous, most grievous sins we can commit? I know. It don't matter what it is. Sin is sin. It's all black. But I believe one of the worst things we can do is to doubt him. If 
Thou be the Christ. Deliver thyself in us. And we look down at those men because they were labeled thieves. And there's that's one thing that kind of just gets under my skin. A few years ago, my parents' house was broken into on a Sunday morning. And I'm fairly certain the folks that did it knew where they would be. All because someone needed some quick cash. Took things that had been in my family for 30 and 40 years. So when you say thief, that doesn't ring any accord of honor in my mind. I just don't care much for folks that take others' things. And these men were thieves and justly called as much. They, one of them even said it on the cross. He said, we are here because of what we have done. This man had done nothing, just in my words. He was a thief. He was caught. And he was paying for his sins. Just as if someone stole something from you, the law caught them. They were convicted. They would be locked up. These men were paying for their crimes. But the thief on the right said, Lord, he was guilty. He deserved the punishment he was given. But he said, Lord, when thou comest in thy kingdom, would you remember me? And this is the Lord's answer. Now listen, this was the man who wrote the book. This was the man who inspired the law. This was the man who sent Moses the Ten Commandments. He said this, he should have condemned him. He should have said, you're getting what you deserve, oh boy. But he said, this day thou shalt be with me in paradise. You know what that sounds like to me? It sounds like he was forgiven. Aren't you glad we've got a forgiving God? Remember the woman that had the alabaster box? Where was Jesus? He had been invited down to the Pharisee's house to have, have a meal. And the woman, uninvited, she wasn't wanted. Let me let you in on a little secret, Sinner. The world don't want you. They'll use you just like the prodigal son was used. And when everything of value you've got has gone to them, they'll leave you. Just like the man on the road from Jerusalem to Jericho, whose things were taken and he was left half dead, the world will leave you half dead. They have no use for you beyond that. This woman was unwanted. Yet she came anyway. Now there they are at a big fine spread, I'm sure. 
that the Pharisee had put on. She didn't sit down at the table and look for a plate. She didn't want the meat that was prepared, the vegetables that were made. She didn't expect anything of the Pharisee or of the Savior. She just wanted to praise him. She came in with all that she had, the very best that she had, the alabaster box, and she got down on her knees at his feet, and she broke open that box, and the oil poured out down on his feet, and she washed his feet with her tears. How do you have any of praise? Listen, people think we're crazy because we shed a tear. I'm glad I can. It's not a sadness. It's a glory. It's a praise because I'm being forgiven. She washed his feet. The old fire seed had never been to knee. We got people think they're going to heaven. They've never bowed a knee. Now I'm not talking about people that are incapable of it. I'm talking about folks that have never humbled their heart. Unless you come as humble as a child, you shall no wise enter in. She got down on those knees. And she cried and rejoiced, is what I'm going to say. The tears fell. And after I believe there was a puddle around the man's feet. Oh, we shed one every once in a while and think that's enough. That's enough of that emotional stuff. We don't need that. Let me tell you something. We've got an inner man. Every once in a while he comes out and he shines and lets the world know we've got something inside. A fire shut up inside our bones. A whale inside a whale. The tears fell, I believe. The dust on the ground made mud because she cried so much. And then she got down and she dried his feet with her hair and she poured on oil him with ointment and the old Pharisee sat back with indignation and he said if he just knew what kind of woman this was oh she ain't been to the temple in ages look at her the way she's dressed the things she's done to her body look at her she ain't like us and Jesus said this I have somewhat to say to thee, Pharisee. And, and the man said, Say on. He said, Since I've come into your house, you've not given me any water to wash my feet. You've not given me any oil to anoint my head with. And she's anointed my feet. Oh, and he said, I had laid this parable out. He said, There was a certain man, and two men owed him one 500 pence, and the other 50. And how about this? Frankly, he forgave the Pope. I'm glad he don't take pics, aren't you? I'm glad he won't forgive me, but he'll forgive somebody else. He'll forgive all that call on his name. Thanks be to God, we're forgiven. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And he said, now which one do you think should love him more? And the Pharisee said, I suppose the one who he forgave the most. Now, from my line of thinking, from my mind's eye, 
when I look at you, right here is the old boy he forgave the most. This is it right here because I know what kind of shape I was in. I know how lost I was. I know that I was on my way to hell that night that he saved me. And even since then, I was just a boy, just a babe. But I failed him. I've come short. I've done wrong. And when I do wrong, and I humble my heart and call on him, he still has forgiveness for all sinner boy like me. Jesus said, you have, you've said right. Oh, that we would remember we've been forgiven. Now I've seen, you may have went and heard him speak. I'd like to sometimes. I remember a few years ago, Shannon Christian, the Newsome boy down here at Knoxville, brutally murdered, lives taken with no regard for humanity at all. I've heard him say how bitter and angry that he was, to the point even where it cost him his marriage. He just couldn't let go. He couldn't forgive. And then finally one day he made his way to a little church and the Lord showed him if he was going to be where he needed to be he had to forgive him. Now you talk about a mighty, mighty leap of faith to forgive someone that had harmed your own child well, I'd find somebody they want to hurt my child, wouldn't you? Oh, but to truly be where we need to be, we need to remember how much we've been forgiven. To truly be the Christian we need to be, we need to remember how much we've been forgiven. Have you ever had somebody that's done you wrong? I have. And I have to fight that sometimes. I have to fight that, that fleshly urge to think thoughts I shouldn't think. I have to fight that fleshly urge to want revenge. I have to fight that fleshly urge to want to say words I shouldn't say. Oh, but if I truly want to be forgiven, I've got to have forgiveness in my heart. And I've got good news for you, sinner. I want, as far as I know, we don't have a one in the house here tonight. There may be one right here, and I want to let you know it's forgiveness for you as well. Jesus went to the cross for you also. He died on Calvary's hill, and he didn't just die, and that's the end of the story. He arose again on the third and the morning, and he's alive and sitting on the right hand of the Father, making an intercession for sinners like you and I. Aren't you glad when we don't have sense enough to know what we're doing? He's making an intercession for us. There's hope. You don't have to live the way you're living. You don't have to live in misery and fear anymore. You can be forgiven. You can be 
I've told this story. When I was pastor at Round Mountain, we had a deacon. And he kindly reminds me of Roger Buckner. He was always kind of quiet. He'd sing, but you'd have to be sitting right here to hear him. And you know how I pick on people. I said, when are you going to sing us a song? And you know that old line, I'll sing a solo so well you can hear me. I aggravated him for six months. And I was opening up service one night. I came across the line like John does. Does anybody have a song? And the old deacon raised up off the pew, little red songbook in hand. He said, yes, I do. And I about fell out of my shoes. And he got up behind the stand. He said, I can't sing. You all know that. But he opened up the hymn. No. He said, so I'm just going to read this to you. You ask me why I'm happy. Well, I'll just tell you why. Because my sins are gone. They're underneath the blood of the cross of Calvary is far removed as darkness is from dawn in the sea of God's forgetfulness. That's good enough for me and that's why my sins are gone. I'm glad I got forgiven. I'm glad that you are holy son. Let me preach this right before I close. When God forgives you, he doesn't hold that against you anymore. When God forgives you and you walk by in a day or two and you're not right in step the way you need to be, God's not going to throw up what you did a month ago, what you did 10 years ago. When God forgives you, he casts those sins in the sea of forgetfulness not to be remembered against you anymore. You want to talk about true forgiveness? Look at what God's done for me and you. spend great sums of money to be forgiven. Men will hire high-powered lawyers, go through court proceeding after court proceeding to escape guilt. I found forgiveness on my knees calling out to a Savior. You talk about truly, oh, there was a money had to be spent. I didn't have any. It's a good thing I did because it was already paid for. It was paid for at Calvary. My forgiveness was paid in full. Oh, I've got a house over there I've made payments on for about 25 years. You know what? No one has ever made the first payment for me. I've had to make every one of them myself. I've got a car sitting right out there that I paid for for five years. No one ever offered to pay a payment on that. But when it came to my salvation and I said, Lord, forgive me, he said, it's paid for. I paid for all your sins. They're gone. I can wash them away. I can wipe your slate clean. You can be a new creature in Christ Jesus. Praise God. My 
are gone. I've been forgiven. up here if you want to know where we're at we're just barely down here I've preached this John saw a number no man could number and I've often speculated about seeing Abraham, Isaac, Jacob Moses, David John, Mark, Luke Matthew the apostles Paul Take your pig. We've seen great men. I've had great men in my life. Preachers and deacons. Saintly women of God that witnessed to me about their forgiveness. Some come right through Dutch Bottom Church. And after they all the saints go marching in. If you keep looking, the least little old thing, the last little one that walks through the door will be me because I've been forgiven. I get to go. Oh, how wonderful it is that I've been forgiven that I don't have to die for my sins and go to hell anymore. Jim, I've had a lot of things come up in life and when I was a lost boy, I was afraid to die. I didn't want to go to hell. But after Jesus said, you're forgiven, I've never worried about going there anymore because I know what he said and what he did. He washed me and made me clean. I'm on the glory road. Men may say unkind words to you. That's okay. You're forgiven. The world may not pick you. That's okay. You're forgiven. I've had people, one of the first jobs I had worked at Food City in White Man put on the night shift stock and we had a manager I tried to charm him I tried to work as hard as I possibly could I tried everything I could think of to get on his good side and I just never could for some reason or another he never cared for me he never had a kind word for me and never liked me but that's okay when the book is open, the forgiver will have it in his hand. <laughs> now he can open up the 66 books, and I'm guilty, 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 guilty. But when he opens up, when he breaks the seals and opens up the book of life under the column that says pardon, under the column that says redeem. Under the column that says forgiven will be my name. Oh, how wonderful it is to be forgiven. 
For if you give, forgive not your trespasses of your brethren, they'll not forgive you. If we say we love God who we're not seen, how can we love God who we're not seen when we can't love our brethren who we have seen? You've got to remember folks out in this world may not have experienced forgiveness like you have. They may not know what it feels like. They may not know. Used to sing this song. Becky sings it every once in a while. Do you know how it feels? Ain't it good? Ain't it? Ain't it good to know how it feels to be forgiven? Folks, I preach the word. That's what I was told to do, John. Be instant in, out, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort. With all long suffering and doctrine. And I've had to preach those reproving messages. I've had to preach those rebuking messages. You can take this however you want. I see it as, a, as an exhortation message. Be glad you're forgiven. Praise him because you're forgiven. Lift up his name. Because you're forgiven. I mentioned the children of Israel. The Lord delivered them out of Egypt and their hardships. And you know what they did in return? They didn't praise him. They went to other gods. They grumbled. And some of them never made it to the promised land because of that. They walked 40 years until a whole generation died before they ever made it to the promised land. Are we going to grumble and gripe? Are we going to complain because God's given us manna once again today, our daily bread today? Here it is. going to thank him. And a people whose garments never wore out. A people whose sandals the sole never wore off their feet. All they could do was complain. We're on the journey. Just like the children of Israel were on the journey. They were going to go to the promised land. Where do you think I made it? I have not seen, ear has not heard, neither in the did the hearts of men the good things the Lord has in store for him that loves him. I go away to prepare a place for you. And if I go away, here's the good part. I'll come again and receive you unto myself that there I am ye, old sinner boy, ye, who was blackened in sin and on his way to hell, ye, who had nothing to offer and nothing to give, ye, maybe also. Rejoice in the Lord always, 
And again, I say, rejoice. We've got something to praise him about. We've got something to worship him over. I left here with a heavy heart Sunday morning because I saw one, two, three, four, five sinners walk out the door. <coughs> if they're ever going to fully understand what they're missing out on, you and I are going to have to show the fact that we've been forgiven. I get to heaven sometimes too. I get sad sometimes too. I get angry even our Savior. I'm angry. He got sad. He wept. 